Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 204 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric Walquist, and joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... I am Jesse. You know what to do with that big fat butt. <laughs> Wilson, Wilson, Wilson. <laughs> so, I, I rewatched a little bit of our D&D session today. Uh, you're doing that the whole that song was stuck in your head the whole time it's been stuck in my head for like four days you were like if you watch it <laughs> there's like just periods where you're like da 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 oh man and like when we come back from the beer break you, mm-hmm. just, you just sit down and nobody else is in the session anymore and you just go what you gonna do with that big fat butt is that the line uh, well, that's what I thought it was, but I looked up the <laughs> lyrics today in preparation for this bit. Uh-huh. It, it's actually, you know what to do with that big fat butt. Oh, it's not like Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Everyone knows what's going on in this scenario. Yeah. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Ghost? Hi, my name's Ghostbuster. <laughs> It's just a it's a it's a spin-off character from Arrested Development. Yeah. <laughs> it's after Buster dies yeah. it becomes Ghostbuster. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. How was your week, buddy? I feel like I've been hanging out with you all week. Yeah, no, I've 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 seen you a lot. Yeah. So that's cool. Went over to Bremerton, did a little uh, pr- pr- a little indie project that we're working on, which is very uh-huh. cool. Yeah. Um, so that that was my highlight. I, I got to go to the top of the Space Needle this week, which was awesome. Yeah, I still haven't done that. I was going to the camp. I was going to go camping this past weekend, but my campsite literally burned down to the ground in in the wildfires up here, which is insane. And uh, like, I, I was like gung ho to go. Like the whole week, Lydia was like, uh, "We should check the fires." My mom's saying there's fires. Everybody's saying there's fires. I'm like, "We're going. It's going to happen. <laughs> We're going." And then like the morning of, uh, I check. <laughs> Like, the morning of Lydia's like, maybe we should just check the fires one more time. And I'm like, listen, the fires are fine. We're going to be okay. And I'm like, all right, I will I will, I will, will check the fires. And I check the fires. The whole thing's on fire. Thank God you checked, though. I know. Well, I uh, my, my co-worker, his, his whole family, like, is from that area that we were going to go camping in. And I got to work, and he, like, had printouts. He had <laughs> links. He had screenshots. He was like, you cannot go. So... Uh, so yeah, we ended up not going, but then that night turned out, uh, Back to the Future. Uh, they were doing an outdoor showing of Back to the Future at Seattle Center, right under the Space Needle. So I got to watch one of my favorite movies from a beer garden. Right, you gotta you gotta talk about the oh beer the dudes. antics though. So like we got there like an hour early. We wanted to stake out a spot. I love Back to the Future. It's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, so we wanted to stake out a spot. We get there, it's pretty easy, but then there's like this, there's these seats that are in the beer garden that you can just sit, you have a clear view to the uh, screen. There's probably, so there's the seats, there's a table, and then there's probably like three feet uh, to the fence of the beer garden. And then like right before the show starts, these two dudes, one of them wearing an Everett Silvertips jersey and like, uh, and like cargo shorts. And Everett Silvertips is like a Western Hockey League team. Like, you could tell he's, like, trying to look tough, but he just, like... Is looked... that a tough look? I think... No, that's the whole thing. Like, I think he was trying to convey a toughness, 
that uh, was not you there. You can't look tough. No one's ever looked tough in cargo shorts. No one. And like and also like tall white tube socks. Yeah, you could take um like Russell Crowe from Gladiator. <laughs> if you put him in cargo shorts and tube socks, he doesn't look tough. No. <laughs> so anyway, these guys like stand right in front of us, like right before the movie starts. So finally, I'm like, are they going to stand there really the whole time? And then like they start like turning on the projector, and I'm like, all right, I got to talk to them. So I like go up and I just like go, hey guys, uh, are you planning on standing here for the movie? Because um, we've been staking out this spot for like an hour. And then the guy just turns around and he looks at me and he goes, oh yeah, how's that going for you? <laughs> and like he had the grossest teeth. So too. tough. His his teeth looked like a pier, like a, a pier pole. You know, like that a pier is built on. Did it have barnacles? It had barnacles, mussels, and seaweed growing off of it. (laughs) And like it had kelp wrapped around the backside. Maybe he just had like a a sushi roll. He looked like one of the pirates from Pirates of the Caribbean, no lie. Oh. So. In cargo shorts. Anyway, uh, so he says this to me. And like, I, I could tell like these guys were trying to give this tough guy vibe. And it was like they wanted to fight somebody. Which is like, you go to the Bite of Seattle, like a family event to fight people? I don't get it. So I was just like, all right, man. And I just like walk away. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what do you want? What do you want? And I was like, I would like you to move, please. And he's like, well, why don't you just say that? And then like, uh, I was like, well, I don't know what's going on. So then I went back and sat down. And they stood there for like another two minutes. And then they walked away and they go, and as they walk away, they go, we gotta let this guy watch his movie. <laughs> Which is why everyone. Why is there. everyone is here? Everyone, <laughs> ex- apparently except you, is here to watch the movie. So I don't know. I was just like, and you know, you know me, like th- those kind of situations. I I start festering over them. Yeah, you and I. I take it u- uber personally, and then I like go through all the things that I should have said that would have been cooler yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I just got drunk and watched the movie. And then afterward, you know, we're right there at the Space Needle, and we were walking out, and I was like, "Let's go to the Space Needle." Mm-hmm. So we checked it. There was still it was still open for another hour, and there was a King County discount, King County resident discount. So nice. Popped up to the top. How much did that end up costing? It was eighteen dollars a ticket still. Yeah. Where it's normally like thirty, thirty. Oh, jeez. Like twenty eight dollars a ticket. So wow. yeah, you know. I, we walked up, I was a little tipsy, we walked up, and uh, and I tell Lydia, I'm like, alright, if it's $20, I will go up, if it's $30, I will not go up. <laughs> and we, it was 18 so at that point, you know, the, the die was cast, mm-hmm. we, we had to go up to the top of the Space Needle. Yeah, which and you're great. like, you're up there admiring the majestic view, and then a, that same guy walks in front of you. <laughs> Oh god, we gotta go. This guy wants to enjoy his view. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I like the idea of I'm I'm looking through one of those telescopes. The viewfinder yeah. thing. You put your twenty five cents in and he just stands in front of it. <laughs> oh, this guy wants to look at through the telescope. <laughs> oh man, whatever. <laughs> So anyway, uh, we haven't been doing um, dedications lately, but we have to dedicate this episode to to a man, a, a myth, a legend, and uh, a man with with an equally legendary wife because she emailed us and told oh, us, oh boy, 
a little bit about this guy. And this comes from Sarah, Sarah Dotsie. You may, know, may recognize her last name uh, from uh, DD, Roger Dotsie DDS, um, <laughs> who, who is a uh, frequent Dotsie contributor Dental. to the show. What's that? <laughs> from Dotsie Dental fame. Dotsie Dentals. Um, but no, uh, Roger Dotsie's been a, been a frequent contributor to, to this show for a very, very long time. We love him so much. He's got the dulcet drawl. And uh, it's his birthday coming up. Um, and God, just so many great things. I, I, like, uh, she says, she says, uh, happy birthday, Roger. You amaze me daily, which is like what anybody's person, anybody would want their wife to say about them. So I'm sure there is true, Roger. And, uh, and you are, you are an amazing guy and we want to wish you a happy birthday. I'm assuming you're more like a Doogie Hauser type and you're turning like 17. <laughs> so happy doogie dotsy dds doogie dotsy dds <laughs> roger dotsy we love you so much and uh, yeah. you have a happy happy birthday mm-hmm. happy birthday happy and birthday. your wife sent us an email with like two paragraphs f- basically flattering us yes it, it made me feel really good it felt yeah it made me feel great you you guys are you guys are great people the dotsy clan is uh they're, they're, they're some of the good ones in this er, in this world. So if you have if you need a root canal <laughs> or someone to, ex, to to perform an extraction, uh, uh, you don't you know where to go. We yeah. love you, Raj. Doogie Dotsy DDS. Doogie Dotsy. Look for us on the web. <laughs> uh, and then we also have uh, uh, some updates on Philly Beer Week with, from our frequent contributor Jr. in Philly. So uh, let's take a listen to these. Oh my god, Arrogant Nation. Oh my god. JR from Philly here. Just walking out of Notting Head Brewery. Brewery, the word that's impossible to say when you're sober or when you're drunk. They had a aged beer event with Dogfish Head. I know Dogfish Head is super popular. People like, give us some shit, but listen. They aged some shit since before it was conceivable to even age craft beer. I just had a worldwide stout marked from 1999. Insane. It's the sweetest stout I ever had, and there is a scientific process involved with whatever happens to that that makes it... The yeast stops, and the sugars grow somehow through science. Science. Fort from 2006, 120-minute IPA from 2006, Raison de Terre from 2006, Immort Ale 2006 as well. Listen, this Immort, it's a smoky beer. When you age a smoky beer, it gets insanely complicated. (laughs) Physics cannot define what happens to the smoke and the Immort and the beer. What happened? I'm supposed to go to another event now. <laughs> this is the first event I went to in all of Philly Beer Week. What happened? <laughs> I don't even know. Dogfish head event. Amazing. Aged beers. Whatever you do, buy thousands of dollars worth of beer and lock it in your closet and throw away the key because you're will will not keep you from drinking that you gotta lock it down and not touch it for a decade 
when this when this when this beer came out, I didn't even have my learner's permit yet in 1999. <laughs> Worldwide Stout, amazing, inconceivable. <laughs> Stay arrogant. Get off my backs. Good lord. <laughs> well, I'm jealous. <laughs> it's basically how I set it on top of the space needle. <laughs> I that I think that's the definition of a religious experience. Like I imagine when Joseph Smith uh divined the word of God out of a hat that that's what he sounded like. <laughs> it's something. tablets. It's ta- They're holy. <laughs> I don't know what more else to say. <laughs> Take a tablet. Put it in your closet. You want you won't have the will not to read fizz, it. Fizz fizz. I found out what enlightenment is. <laughs> All right. It looks like we got one more from Philly Burek. I can't wait to hear this. All right. Here it is. Oh, my gosh, you guys. It's JR from Philly. And I'm about to deliver what may be the yuppiest call-in in personal arrogance history. I was just at a tiny cupcake and craft beer pairing at Lucky's Last Stand in Maniunk, and uh, here's what I had. Southern Tier Sonnet. It's a lemongrass saison at 8.5 ABV, paired with a delectable peppered lemon cupcake with freshly zested lemon on top. It had pepper on top of the icing. It was delicious. Next, I had... Southern Tier Grand Arbor, which is a other farmhouse. The beer has maple in it. It's ABV. Paired with a fresh orange zest and maple cupcake with maple, according to the piece of paper that I took from the place that says what I had because I would not remember it otherwise. The third cupcake I had was Pumpkin, which, Eric, you begrudgingly admitted that you liked it. You liked it a little bit. Uh, you liked it a lot of bit. And that's an Imperial Pumpkin 8.6, which was paired with a spice cake with Madagascar vanilla bean buttercream. The yuppiest buttercream I've ever eaten in my entire life. Uh, and also delicious. Last but not least, the Southern Tier Chocolate. C-H-O-K-L-A-T That's how they spelled it. That's an Imperial Chocolate Stout. 10 ABV. It was paired with another cupcake that was Devil's Food Cupcake with Red Himalayan Sea Salt. The rarest of all the sea salts in these United States of Earth. (laughs) I had four cupcakes and four craft beers. I ingested all of them, and each one complemented the next in a way that was inexplicably beautiful and synergistic and... Oh, so good. So crafty. So cakey. Beers, cupcakes, paired, coming together as one. Like the Hulk and Iron Man. It was delicious. Stay off of all backs of all people, regardless of their denomination or belief system. You 
guys are inspirational. Thank you. <laughs> Off the backs. Stay arrogant later. <laughs> I love that. I love that Jr. went full like bro love at the end. Yeah, and I, like a little bit of um, I don't know, uh, equality. Yeah, once again, religious. Exp- I think that. Much like you, you and I would identify Pax as our Christmas. Yeah, I think Philly Beer Week is a is a uh, is a religious holiday in, in Jr's house. <laughs> it's a time to sit back and reflect on on bros and uh, beers and cupcakes. So, uh, Jr, thank you so much for setting that in. I got a lot of enjoyment out of that. That was awesome. Um, what else we got? Oh, Gina. Gina, we read her email uh, last uh, last um, show. It was a full topic here. She sent us a new one. She says, hey, guys, thanks for turning my email last week into a topic. First class indeed. And then she carries on. She's out now, but I had been visiting my mom in a convalescent home, and I was considering the remark you guys made a while back about how cool it would be to be old because we'll be playing board games and having a great time. My mom was actually doing pretty good because she took her laptop and was playing games. But what board games would you choose for a rest home if you got to be in charge of the entertainment budget? I took my mom to a comic book store, and she made the mistake of asking one of the employees what would make a good game. He spent 20 minutes explaining the mechanics of a train-based game, and her eyes glazed over. I would have had some sympathy, but she does that to me all the time about the 70s. (laughs) Uh, This made me realize the game would have to be pretty simple to play and pick up, but not overly simple because there are people there who are not children and they are capable of strategy. Have fun, guys. Stay off my back. Thank you, Gina. Um, so I think he was probably describing a ticket to ride to you. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. So a couple things come to mind right off the bat. Uh, so the initial one is for old for old people, I'm thinking Axis and Allies. <laughs> yeah. They'll relive your glory days. Relive the old glory days. Or like Memoir 44. <laughs> uh, Tide of iron, but I feel like this might be a, that, that might be a demographic older than your mom, because I mean that's like the those people are like eighty, ninety years old now. I'm pretty sure Memoir Forty Four took place in the seventies. Pretty sure. Um, but the the one that really came to mind that I think that could be a big hit in a in a convalescent home is Hive. Yeah, Hive. I was thinking mm-hmm. I I didn't think of Hive, but yeah, I think that's a good choice. Because it's, um, the rules are fairly simple mm-hmm. once you understand, like, the moves that each bug makes. And it's basically like learning chess, except there's half as many pieces. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it plays in a couple of minutes instead of 45 minutes or so. But it's also highly strategic. Yeah, super like. strategic. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, um, Blockus. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that game literally has like two rules oh but yeah it has a good depth of strategy yeah Blockus is a is a game that you can explain in literally 15 seconds yeah but it's got a ton of strategy to it the other one i was thinking would be quiddler mm. which is a card game uh it's quite, kind of like a card game version of scrabble yeah we played that at uh, the poorhouse yeah and um old people like to spell oh, right yeah quiddler would be great quiddler would be really good yeah basically you're trying to like it's kind of like Scrabble meets like rummy. It's yeah. like it's like a trick taking game, but with words instead of cards or numbers. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, what it boils down to is using the cards in your hand to spell words. Right. 
So there's there's three for you. I think that those are all good ones. So Hive, Blockus, and Quiddler. So there you go. Um, what else we got up in here? Um, in the mailbag, it's so deep. Uh, this one we got a new email or a new voicemail. This one comes to us from Heath from St. Louis. We're getting all the old standbys on this one. I like it. Uh, so here's Heath uh, speaking about something. What will it be? Here it is. Hey guys, it's Heath from St. Louis. I was calling with a question about Magic. I used to play Magic way back in the day, and um, wanted to start again. More particularly, wanted to start because uh, me and a couple of my friends are throwing a surprise birthday party uh, for another friend who's kind of starting to go through a midlife crisis and oh, I've missed so much, and life is going by too quick, and kind of thing. We're going to play either full-on Arkham Horror or at least Elder Signs. I think we're going to play Seasons, and we're going to play Pandemic, and we'll probably also play Love Letter. Um, so a lot of games we already want to play, but I know that he used to really like Magic as well, and neither of us and the other guys in the group have played Magic in some time. And I wanted to do just a simple draft, but I don't know the format of the draft. Uh, I know that the 2015 core set just came out, so I wanted to do a draft on that, but I don't know how it works. It's, I don't know how many boosters I need to buy in preparation, uh, how the draft mechanic works, how you deal with the amount of lands you need, and this, that, or the other thing, or whatever. So I was wondering if real briefly you could explain that, because you would probably know better than me, because I know you guys have talked about doing that before. So it's going to be a four-person draft. I just need to know how many boosters I need to buy, and uh, how I need to run it. Thanks for your advice and help, and stay arrogant. Bye. Stay arrogant, Heath. So this is perfect. I mean, actually, the the yearly sets are the best ones to draft, especially if you haven't play, been playing Magic for a while. Yeah, for beginners, right. that's the way you want to go. Because you don't have all the, the mechanics of the most recent block and all the interactions and all that going on. It's just like, boom. These Elves are plus one. Yeah, and, and, and they're all monocolor as well, which is great. So, uh, so with that, um, we love to draft. Uh, but Jesse, you're the draft king, so you're the one who taught me to draft, so why don't you let uh, Heath know what to do here. Yeah, so it's three booster packs per player, and uh, what you're going to do is everyone opens their first booster pack at the same time. Uh, you get rid of the land card and the like promo card thing in there. And the token, if there is one. Yeah, and um, you, you just shuffle through, look through those and choose a card that you like, and you keep it, and then... You pass the other 14 cards to your right, and then you grab the 14 cards from the person on your left and do the same thing over again. And you do that till everyone's out of, uh, you've, you've gone through all the 15 selections. Then you open your second booster pack and uh, do the same thing, but you pass to the left this time. And uh, that's going to give you, I guess, 45 cards. But you're going to make a 40-card deck, including land. So you're right. going to want, like, 18 lands, right, Eric? Yeah, anywhere between 16 and, and 19, um, depending on what you're yeah. playing. But, yeah, 18's a pretty good number. Yeah, so you have a bunch of leftover cards, which is good because not everything's going to fit into your deck. But you just take the 22 cards that you think you can turn into a cohesive deck and then get your lands in there and you're ready to play. 
Right. And so, like you said, you're going to have anywhere from 16 to 19 lands per person. So, uh, oh, yeah, you're going to need to get lands. Yeah, you got to get some this. lands beforehand. <laughs> um, but your local comic or your local magic store should have lands because I'm sure they do drafts and you can probably purchase them very cheaply. Yeah. Um, so just talk to the guy behind the counter about getting some lands. I'm sure he can hook you up. Uh, like, like super cheap. Like, I think I bought, like, I don't know, even paying five cents for lands is like a lot of money for lands. <laughs> like five cents per land? Yeah. Yeah, that's more than I would want to pay. Right. So it, I'm sure they have a bunch on hand, like I said, because they probably do drafts. So, uh, but yeah, you get 40 card decks and then you just play, everybody plays each other. Super fun way to play Magic. Um, yeah. Because yeah. everybody's on such an even ground. And then some people use the idea that once they open up their pack and take their card, then they mix in their rares and their uncommons into the deck. Don't do that, because it just slows things down. They what? You, you, so they mix they shuffle up the cards. Oh. Which, to try to throw people off, because you're always going to look for the uncommons <laughs> and the rares at the back of the deck. Right, Don't, don't yeah, do no. that. I do that. I know you do. It drives me nuts. <laughs> Why? I don't... I don't want you to know what I took. It's fine. I'm going to figure it out. It's just going to take me a little longer. Oh, man. I just picked that up because the people, when I (laughs) would go play Magic Card Drafts, everyone there would do that. Well, I mean, one thing that it... it, I I think it's a double-edged sword because one thing, it makes you try to pay attention more to the deck. But on the other hand, it... It kind of equalizes the deck so you can assess the cards evenly. Because a lot of times you're going to be picking common cards over uncommons or even rares. Yeah. Because they could be much more beneficial to you. Yeah, so. it's so hard sometimes. You're like, man, that card's probably... That common is probably good, but I want that rare. Right. It's so rare. <laughs> it's medium rare. But commons win booster drafts. Exactly. It's like uh, fantasy football. Like you win fantasy football drafts in rounds five through eight. Um, Did I? The, I just heard like small dogs barking. It's weird. <laughs> um, and uh, and then we got one more voicemail here. This one comes to us from a new listener. We've had a bunch of stalwarts. This guy's brand new, uh, and he's a local. So here's the yokel. Hey guys. My name is Joe from Ballard. Um, I just started listening to your podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. Just want to say hi. Um, I also want to sympathize with Jeff. I know uh, I've spent um, countless hours at a bottling machine here in Ballard. Um, pallets and pallets of uh, beer and shrink wrap and long days. So I know how that goes. Uh, and I also wanted to say that I... We'd be very interested in uh, getting in on your fantasy football team if you uh, or league if you do end up starting that up. I'd be very, very uh, interested in that. Uh, otherwise, um, I'm going to keep listening. And uh, I'm not so much a nerd. I'm halfway into video games, comic books, not so much Dungeons and Dragons, but I am enjoying hearing you guys talk about it and possibly getting into it a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, I will uh, keep listening, and uh, hopefully talk to you guys later. All right, bye. All right, Joe. Get off my back. Get off my back. Yeah, there's geek slices in that nerd pie. Dude, uh, yeah. I'm not really a nerd. I just like comic books and video games. And fantasy football. And fantasy football. But I'm not a nerd. <laughs> and, and craft beer. 
<laughs> Joe, this is an intervention. Uh, you're a nerd. Don't you stop doing what you're doing. thought he was a cool guy in high school. Yep. And then you realize you were the drama club president and knowledgeable captain. And there's no... And you played the trombone in the marching band. There's no way that's cool. <laughs> By the way, that's me, Joe. That's not you. Uh, that was me. But, but Joe... Dude, Ballard, hello. Um, I don't know if you know, Joe, but we are doing the HP Pubcraft Love Crawl August 30th in Ballard. We're starting off at Hilliards, and you better be there. It's, it's already sold out. It's already sold out, but there is a VVIP list that is not completely filled out. Oh my so goodness. I'm willing... I- to didn't know Joe. you could backdoor this event through the podcast. Didn't know that, Joe, but sometimes when you have the direct line to the organizer. Wow. So if you are interested, Joe, August 30th, Seattle, Washington, Ballard. We're starting off at Hilliards, uh, the HP Pubcraft Love Crawl. If you're interested, shoot me an email, personalergates at gmail.com, and I will put you and a plus one on the, on the list. So... There you go. And by the way, fantasy football guys, keep your eyes on the Facebook page. Uh, that's the registration for that's going to open up in early August, uh, did, quite possibly very early August. So, so keep your eyes peeled. Did did someone like let like a bunch of chihuahuas into the <laughs> studio? You know, Jesse. There's a lot of people who love fantasy football. I yeah. Again, it's just like it's like this shrill noise. <laughs> like it's hurting like the base of my jaw. <laughs> All right, and then finally, James Patterson comes in with, uh, or James Patterson comes in with, uh, <laughs> hey guys, I love Michael Caine. Anyway, instead of cleaning my kitchen, I got around to finishing up some brackets for you to look at and maybe use as you see fit, including a lunch bracket, a cheese bracket as requested, and inspired by episode 202, a personal arrogance episode title bracket. It is based solely off of title so i didn't consider the actual quality of the episode uh that would be like choosing which child you like the most also eric were you being facetious when you said that you didn't know what old bay is maybe it has not made it to the west coast i do not know what old bay is yeah remember we were talking about this before yeah do you know no he linked or something though okay I, we'll figure this out. Old Bay seasoning. It's a seasoning. Oh. Old Bay. Yeah, Old Bay seasoning. Oh! Goes on oh, crab. On seafood and stuff. Yeah, you know, when you have dun- beautiful Dungeness crab <laughs> fr- uh, from the Hood Canal, you don't need to put anything else on it. Just <laughs> yeah. a little butter and salt will do. Yeah, exactly. It's like the delicious, delicious Copper River sockeye salmon that yeah. flows flows plentifully up here you don't even you don't even have to put anything on it you just eat that during spawning season you can walk like jesus on a river uh that's (laughs) propped up by by beautiful copper salmon and just pluck pluck one out in your flannel shirt and eat it raw yeah but we all know that once they take to spawning that the quality of the meat is ruined that's true you gotta catch them in salt water (laughs) so anyway we got these spreadsheets so uh that will uh, be making uh, uh, the rounds very soon, James. But James Passion, you got to give us access to them. So I'm requ- I'm requesting access to those, James. Uh, so if you could let us know, we'll have some some new brackets coming up very soon. Jesse, let's get to the show here. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna start it off this week with uh, a little personal personals. So I got a great question here. Um. And it comes to us from friend of the show, friend of life, friend of friend of uh, friends. 
um, j- just a friend. Uh, his name is Aaron, and he happens to, to be one of the owners and proprietors of the Bald Move Network. Uh, and he posted something on Facebook, and I don't think it's too personal here. Uh, but I wanted to bring it up on the show, see if we can help him out a little bit, because he's in a little bit of a uh, little bit of a pickle. Okay, so he says, "Real talk that I need help with." Here's the premise: details and comments. There's approximately a 30 year old man with emotional slash mental problems that lives in my apartment complex that I am friendly with, but he has no concept of appropriate boundaries in public situations. It makes me and my family uncomfortable. How to deal? Bonus if you have actual professional slash life experience on this. So he goes into this. Basically, he'll try to go to the pool with his son, and like this guy will come out and just gab and gab and gab. Or like uh, if if Aaron's working on a, his motorcycle in his garage, the guy will come out and gab and gab and gab. And like he'll he'll tell him basically, "Hey, I'm busy," or like try to do everything possible except being blatantly mean to the guy to tell him, uh, "Stop talking. I need to focus on something else." Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he just can't. He says, uh, he says, things I've tried, avoiding him, giving short, noncommittal answers, making clear I'm not knowledgeable and I don't care about the present topic, saying I'm here to spend time with my family today, saying I'm busy and I don't have time to talk right now, using yeah. closed body language. He just bulldogs right through all that kind of stuff. So, have you ever had any experience with this type of person? Not... Uh... It, not, I can't I, really it, say that I have. Not named Eric, of course. Uh, come on. Come on. Every word from you is like a precious <laughs> gift from God. It's like a Copper River salmon. Yeah, exactly. With Old Bay on it. <laughs> yeah, not so much. This is a tricky situation. Mm-hmm. Have Have you been in something like this? Well, I have been, but it's it's never been to the point where it's where it's uh, where it's where it's detrimental. I can right. usually find a way to turn it into something fun. Yeah, which is maybe might be really mean, but, yeah. but uh, I I don't know. It's like it seems like such a unique situation. So a lot of people are telling him to just be blatantly mean to the guy if he can't take a hint. Yeah, and apparently but that's Aaron's too big of a teddy bear. Uh, well, apparently that's what a lot of people in the in the apartment complex have done is just blatantly tell the guy, "Hey, man, you need to stop." And then right. he gets super dejected, super sad. Um, so it sounds like the guy just doesn't like have any friends, which is a really sad situation. Right. Um, but it also sounds like his behavior is not conducive to making friends. No, that's that's exactly it. it and the interesting thing here is that like it's hard for me to try to give it solid advice on this because I live in Seattle, where this would never happen. Like, we got the iciest chill. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that the Seattle chill works when it comes to, like, um, behavioral disability stuff. Well, there is something here that that Aaron admits to. Uh Uh-oh. Is that, he says, whenever I make eye contact with the guy... So this is what I'm thinking, man. Just sunglasses. Yeah, I've never had that problem. Yeah, never had that problem. Eye contact is not something that people in Western Washington do. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm the worst at it. I have made full-on transactions with salespeople without looking them in the eye once. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you got that timeshare. Exactly. 
<laughs> I thought I was buying a house. Should have looked the guy in the eye. Uh, so I, this is what I'm thinking here is that we don't have a lot of experience with this kind of person. I think it's, like I said, it's not very conducive to the culture of the area in which we were reared, but we do have experience in being antisocial. Mm. So I think that, like you said, Aaron just being a little too much of a teddy bear here <laughs> needs to adopt some antisocial tendencies Yeah, and fight fire with the anti-fire. Okay. <laughs> Instead of trying to fight fire with fire, fight it with anti-fire. <laughs> anti-fire. Fight over-social with anti-social. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you're onto something. First, you're going to need to invest in a pair of over-ear headphones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dude, I cannot tell you how many times I have worn headphones with nothing going through them. <laughs> no sound going through the headphones just to have them in just in case. Right. Yeah. Is that... That is a signal to the world, don't even attempt to talk to me. I've right. put a giant barrier between your mouth waves mm-hmm. and my ear holes. Yep. So I think that's step one. And you know, it might actually be good, Aaron, here, to, instead of investing in uh, maybe those headphones, because I feel like this guy could penetrate the headphones. <laughs> this guy could be a, a shoulder tapper, is what I'm saying. Mm. Um, the other thing you could do here is invest in a Bluetooth headset <laughs> so that whenever this guy comes around, you just like start talking to yourself and then point to the Bluetooth. Oh, I'm on the phone. <laughs> yeah, and then just like wave him, wave him. The wave is the other thing. The wave <laughs> is, I'm here. I acknowledge your existence. That's the end of our interaction mm. right now. The one finger up. Yeah. The one finger up one. Yeah. Where you just lift the hand, one finger up, and then... Mm-hmm. Then you point to your Bluetooth. Yep. Why does he have a Bluetooth headset on each ear? (laughs) (laughs) Double Bluetooth, man. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I like the Bluetooth. Like I said before, sunglasses. Okay. Mm, Yeah. Basically, you need to go... Those old old people versions where the sunglasses fit over your giant glasses, you know? Dude, and, and I it feel, like goes around the side. I feel like Aaron could rock that look too. <laughs> like his head is big enough, and and I'm not making fun of your big head here. I have a giant head as well, but I find it. I'm, I get in the situation a lot with my giant cranium that sunglasses look ridiculous on me because they have to be giant gigantic sunglasses to look normal on my face. <laughs> so I'm saying a giant pair of sunshades. Over the eyeballs and an ear and a Bluetooth earpiece, and you are like halfway home, buddy. Right. Buy yourself some uh, uh, bright uh, shoelaces mm-hmm. to remind yourself to be constantly looking at your feet as you walk around. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is I don't want your eyes even close to the horizon. You walk through downtown Seattle, and there's nobody looking where they're going. <laughs> it's either phone or sidewalk. Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put. Uh, I want you to walk around like you're in someone's yard and they don't pick up their dog poop. Exactly. Like, <laughs> your eyes are affixed on exactly where each step is going to go. Mm-hmm. There it is. That with the Bluetooth with the shades. Exactly. That's a pretty good look. And be then, very careful around the street, though. Yeah, be very careful. And maybe don't hang out around the swimming pool unless your son is with you. <laughs> Because like that's going to become very creepy very quick. 
Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's a rough situation, but like I said, I, yeah, I think that, that there's sucks. a little there's a lot of Midwest charm. I mean, come on, Aaron is a lovable guy. Yeah, and you know, and he's talked about this before uh, on on his podcast on the Evolve Network. Is there's a self preservation selfishness. Sometimes you got to be a little selfish just to be comfortable. Right? Oh, I do that constantly. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, it's funny today since we're talking about this. Mm-hmm. I have fully embraced my absolute fundamental to the core of my being hatred of the band Fish. Yeah, I saw your post today. I thought uh, that was hilarious. I hate the band Fish so much. But your boss, this is the thing, you're yeah, around it and the head brewer right? just blasts Fish. I think they're touring right now. But I, I heard him talking <laughs> about, like, oh, I'm watching the show uh, in Chicago, and then they're playing the Key Arena. They'll sell that out easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, uh, I, I just overheard that. I think he's talking about Fish, so I think he has Fish Fever. Uh-huh. So he's like blasting fish all the time lately. And uh, I was up in the mill room um, vacuuming up the the grain dust because it's an uh, airborne uh, combustible particulate, right? So I put on like uh, the like the big uh, ear protection things right. over the ear for when we have loud noises and stuff. Yep. And then fish came on. I was like, I'm just gonna leave these on for the rest of the day. <laughs> like it. So I just walked around with ear protection on. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the other thing. You could, instead of investing in, in earplugs, work it on your mo- motorcycle, put on huge ear protection. <laughs> yeah. And you could be like... Why do you need so much ear protection? Oh, and by oh the you way, know. Tink, tink, tink. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Also, have your shop, shop vac on the red. Uh-huh. As soon as the and guy the shows up... the air compressor going. Yeah, as soon as the guy shows up, it's all guns a-blazing. Yeah. From a, a Sonic, <laughs> you gotta just, just drown him out sonically. <laughs> And then give him also the finger have wave. Your guns a blazing. Yeah, God. No, they give him the finger wave. Give him the wave. Oh hey! And then <laughs> yeah. get right back. It's it's a wave and done. Like you can't yeah. wave if there's any inkling that you're welcoming over. That's uh-huh. bad. It's just a wave. Like I've I don't know if you do this, but I've noticed this all the time in Seattle, especially at work. I work in a very large building with a lot of people in it. You see a lot of people on the regular, and so. But you don't necessarily know them all that well, and everybody does it. It's just an eye ra- eyebrow raise and a little smile. <laughs> it's like it's like just the sides of your face go upward with your chin. So middle of the face standard flat, sides of the face just a tick upward, and then everything is back down shoelaces phone. <laughs> That's it. So you got to give them the tick upward. Yeah. So. Anyway, I hope we, I hope some, and like, that's the thing, like, Seattle is known as a very, like, everybody who comes to Seattle, oh, I love Seattle, it's a beautiful city, it's a wonderful place to be, uh, incredibly antisocial and, 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 uh, and, and, uh, passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah, passive aggressive. You go to certainly. cities like New York, I mean, that's a city that is aggressive and social, uh-huh. and there's muggings, like, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that it's, I'm not saying that, that that's causing the muggings, but I'm totally saying that's causing the muggings. There's a correlation. There's a certainly. correlation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a correlation between the so- how social people are and, and mugging. When someone feels comfortable <laughs> talking to you, yeah. they also feel comfortable taking your wallet. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, sometimes I'm riding the bus and sometimes you get the chatter. The guy who sits down and wants to chat. 
I've never actually gotten that. You gotta shut that shit down immediately. <laughs> and like that's why it's it's earphones in before you get on the bus and and not until after you're off. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Aaron, <laughs> hopefully some of this stuff was helpful to you. And maybe if somebody else out there is looking to be antisocial, I'm hoping that you can <laughs> use some of our techniques. The other side of that is, it, it goes right along with the Seattle ideal is that you have to have some sort of social media that you frequent in order to, in order to be your social outlet, start a right. podcast, get a yeah. Tumblr, yeah. do, uh, write a blog, like allow your personality to exist. Yeah, elsewhere. somewhere besides the meat space. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> somewhere besides the meat face is the name meat space. Meat face. <laughs> somewhere besides the meat space should be the name of your autobiography. <laughs> uh, a user's guide to existing elsewhere. Somewhere over the meat space. Yeah. Um. All right, so that's that, man. Hopefully, Aaron is good. We love Aaron so much. Uh, second one, Jesse. This also comes to us uh, from Facebook, but this was a post that you put up. Uh oh. And I need you to expound, sir. Okay. And uh, you know, I'm going to put a little bit of your history, but your history degree to use here. But you, uh, a week ago or so, you posted just I feel bad for <laughs> Julian the apostate. Ap- apostate? How apostate. Do you- apostate. 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 So I need I need you to explain Julian the Apostate for us in a little history segment. Wow. Okay. Well, Julian the Apostate was a emperor of Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came kind of on the heels of Constantine. Mm-hmm. And we all know Constantine was the. Uh, emperor who christianized the roman empire so is this like the the eastern roman empire was it split at this point at this point it's still east and west is mm-hmm. uh it, it might be politically split up after constantine they started having two emperors yeah because they're like this is just too goddamn big for one guy mm-hmm. um but it's it's still like the same empire they okay. just had like one guy in the east one guy in the west julian okay. the apostate he was like a smart, capable guy, mm-hmm. and um, Constantine's two kids uh, were being groomed to be emperors themselves. And Julian, oh yeah, the other thing, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Constantine's two kids kind of went crazy after their dad died and killed like everyone else in their family. Cool. And it's a, it's a great name for a metal band. It's called the Massacre of the Princes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good name. Because they killed like anyone who could become a potential threat to, you know, their ability to become emperors. So they went themselves. like full, full Stalin. Yeah, they did. But uh, Julian was spared because he was like a baby at the time, and the Romans went nuts all the time. Roman empires killing like families off and stuff. But they actually had kind of a soft spot when it came to not killing babies. So okay. they got that in their favor. So Julian survives the massacre of the princes. And then Constantine's kids end up killing each other, getting killed off by other people. Because they were uh, not fit to rule the empire. <laughs> it's always funny to me. It's like, we're going to kill everybody else and then everyone will trust us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's yeah. go that route. They'll, they'll know to trust us because we didn't kill them. <laughs> I 
killed everyone else, but I didn't kill you, yeah, idiot. Exactly. You can trust me. Yeah. Yeah, but so like Julian lived in uh he he lived in like semi-exile and then um he like studied in Greece and like was a real bookish guy. And then he ended up ascending to become the emperor of Rome. Um, and he's like, you know what, this Christianity thing, um, not necessarily my bag. And he started bringing back a bunch of the pagan religions and stuff. And he was a re- he was a good emperor, mm-hmm. and um, he was a capable military commander, and uh, fought off, I think, the Alamanni and stuff. But then uh, there was one battle that didn't go his way, and he was trying to. He had to, like, rally the troops because, like, one flank was faltering and he, like, rode his horse over to inspire them and recommand it and actually managed to rally that flank. And then the other one started failing and he goes over there and he uh, gets those guys riled up and uh, reestablishes that uh, battle line and everything. But in his rush, he forgot to uh, don his breastplate and he got struck by a spear Yikes! uh, in mid-battle and then died like a couple days later so he was a he was a fairly capable guy who uh was bookish and enlightened and all that stuff he just kind of he kind of ate it i feel bad for him because he could have been a great emperor but uh you gotta wear that breastplate bro how do you not wear a breastplate into battle how do you forget (laughs) i mean i mean i've seen gladiator the breastplate is the only armor It's like breastplate and sandals. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I guess he, you know, didn't do it. He he didn't have time. I do but, like the yeah. old practice of the emperor goes into battle with the army. I yeah, feel like- he, Jul- Julian was like, uh, actually, he didn't. He died after the battle, but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't super common for emperors to do that. Was that okay? And then how long? This is this like a long time after Julius Caesar, or is this before? Like, I guess it wouldn't be before. No, this is. <laughs> I think this is the fourth century, yeah. and I don't. This is hundreds of years later. Yeah, because I, I feel like Julius Caesar was the guy who was like, "We're gonna." I'm the I'm the great general, but he became he became emperor after he conquered the. Yeah, world? he was a general first. Who uh, he conquered Gaul. Mm-hmm. basically modern day france so there are a lot of there are a lot of emperors who were generals first but i think once they became emperor they're like okay i, I probably shouldn't get myself within like spear throwing range <laughs> that God, might be bad for the empire that must have really sucked dude like i'm sure that spear came out of nowhere yeah yeah i hit him in the side Ugh. they know it because it like cut his arm open too Oh, it's just bad news for Julian the Post. He's probably like reading a book, <laughs> like forgot. Like that's what I'm saying. Like forgot to put on his breastplate, dude. The guy was like reading a book. Yeah, yeah. Then this other guy was taking a pee. Saw that saw Julian the Post under a tree. Mm-hmm. It was like spear time. Javelined him, and then like Julian the Post is like, I'm trying to read, and I'm dead now. I'm trying to do something with this empire. All of my family got murdered. Yeah. Why? <laughs> this sucks. But, I'm out. Yeah, that was inspired by the History of Rome podcast, and the History of Rome podcast has a much better telling of it than I I did. So, well, I like it. If it's you're a- interested in that kind of stuff, man, I've just been devouring the History of Rome podcast lately. <laughs> Do you have to pay for that? 
No, it's all free on iTunes. Oh, God. I'm going to have to do it. I'm looking for it's a new good. podcast. It's a good one, especially if you want to burn, like, a two-hour chunk of time. You can just download, like, four of them, and mm-hmm. it'll fly by. Interesting. And he was, like, up... I'm just reading his, his Wikipedia page. Julian was in Gaul. He went to Paris. Yeah, yeah. He was he was all over the Empire. Yeah. He had a whole administration, and then was just like, ping, bang, boom, spear in the side. <laughs> bing, bang, boom, put on your breastplate, dummy. <laughs> oh, man. But so- yeah, and he didn't name an heir, which is like a weird thing, and mm-hmm. I think it's probably because he thought he was going to recover from the wound, but then infection took him, like, two days yeah. later. Well, it says that they... They included uh, the irrigation of the wound with dark wine. Yeah, they used to do that all the time. They would they would put they would pour wine over wounds and then bandage it, and it makes sense. It kind of makes sense because the alcohol. Because alcohol. Yeah, exactly. But if there's also like live yeast in there, it's still that's better than whatever other gangrene and yeah that's stuff true. that they're washing out. Oh man. He received a wound from a spear that reportedly pierced the lower robe of his the lower lobe of his liver. Ouch. Ugh. Well, if if your liver's damaged, you probably don't want to add alcohol to the problem. <laughs> but the the reason I I put that on Facebook is I I feel like I was kind of sympathizing with him yeah. when I was listening to that episode. All right, well check out History of Rome. And yep. uh, and while you do that, we're going to do some trivia, Jess. Yes. All right, so we're going to be doing Genus 1 of Trivial Pursuit. Uh, I'm going to be rolling a six-sided die. Hello. Uh, Six-sided die to see which category we will do. And it's a four, which is arts and literature. Are you okay with this, Jesse? Yeah, let's do it. All right, arts and literature. The return of the king of categories. Okay, Jesse, this question's for you. What is the name of Snoopy's secretary? Uh, Woodstock? I believe you're right. I'm going to go with uh, Moneypenny. <laughs> it is Woodstock. Woo! All right. That's my kind of literature. <laughs> this question's for me. What was Odysseus called by the Romans? I believe he was called Ulysses. Yeah, I'll go with Perseus. And it's Ulysses. All right, clean it up here. Uh, Jesse's question for you. Who created the monster in Mary Shelley's novel Frankenstein? Dr. Frankenstein. I'm going to go with Dr. Frankenfurter. <laughs> and it is Dr. Frankenstein. All right, I need this one to tie. This question is for me. What rotund cook wrote a book on bread in a cook's catalog? Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> what rotund cook? <laughs> Oh, if they were all... It's so easy to to narrow down the fat cooks. <laughs> <laughs> Who baked bread. The bread-eating cooks. So easy. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Le Cordon Bleu. Oh, man. Um, oh, Juliet Childs. The correct answer is James Beard. Oh. Beard. All bready beard James face. Beard. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jesse. Well, you won the trivia. Yeah. 
And uh, and I got one more category before we get to our Facebook roundup. What? You'll have to see when you get there. Uh, this one comes to us from NPR here, Jesse. I'm very excited about this. It says, plan to make six states out of California may head to ballot. Yeah, I heard an interview with this guy, the politician behind this, mm-hmm. on the Adam Carolla podcast. Pretty interesting stuff here. Uh, so... Backers of a plan to cut California into six states say they now have enough signatures from supporters to get their proposal on a general election ballot in the state. The plan would create new states with names like Jefferson, Silicon Valley, and Southern... Oh, you can't name... A state cannot be named Silicon Valley. No, I don't think so either. And the other one is South California. Super creative. This is like (laughs) one of my biggest pet peeves in history. Yeah. We have six continents. Uh Uh-huh. Do we need a North America and a South America? We can't think of a single <laughs> separate name. Yeah, not to mention both named by a cartographer who never actually made it to the Americas. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. America, let's go with some. Can we think of something else well, for the, a continent? The other thing here, dude, we live in the least creatively named country in the world. The United States of America? The United States. The only thing mildly creative about that is United. States of America. Now, I know that Mexico is technically the United States of Mexico. But Mexico is more creative than Exactly. Mexico's a thing. Like, America, we're like, we're in America, we're the United States, but we're not the United States of Mexico, which is also a group of states that are united. Yeah. Um, No, I'm with you. Also, it's a pretty uncreative state name. What? Washington. Well, that's what I don't get either. Is like why? Like it should literally be Jefferson, if any president. Uh, because Thomas Jefferson was the one who sent Lewis and Clark out here. Yeah, like, there's a lot of counties that actually makes sense named after them. Yeah, and Jefferson. There's Jefferson County in Washington. There's Lewis County, and there's Clark County. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying Washington as the name of the what is where are we? Thirty eighth state. Found yeah, in 1889? So. Like, come on. What, why Washington? I had heard that originally they were going to call it uh, Columbia. Yeah, exactly. Which is why there's British Columbia yeah. to the north. Which makes sense because it's in a commonwealth of Britain. British Columbia and Columbia. Yeah. I like it would have been confusing, though. Because do we need a state Columbia and a country Columbia? <laughs> It would have been way would have been way more confusing as as naming the a state a, as the same name as the, the national capital. capital on the other side of the country. Yeah, that that's pretty bad. That's never they, confusing. Some of the people in charge of naming things really blew it. <laughs> well, I just don't get it. I mean, it's great. Like over over half of the names of the states in the United States are named after native words, which I think is cool. Like yeah. uh, everything from Hawaii to uh, Oregon. Um, like, it's all good. Minnesota, I mean... Did you know Oklahoma literally means red skin? Oh, I did not know that. I think I found that out on Reddit, so someone fact-checked me on that <laughs> literally one. Literally means red it? It's a mistype. <laughs> um, so... Uh, good one. So, anyway, yeah, they're, they're trying to split up this, this, this California state into... It's a f- six states. How would this swing the power balance in the Senate, though? See, this is what the this is the major problem. Is like it doesn't matter if you do this at the state level. States are about federal level from the way that they are organized. Right. Like this adds f- 
uh, 10 more senators to the Senate. Yeah. Because every state needs two senators. Uh, New Jersey has two senators. Rhode Island has two senators. Arkansas has two senators. Every state has two senators. So if you're going to add, if you're going to split one state into six states, you're adding five new sets of senators or 10 senators to the, uh, to the, to the Senate. So I feel like even the West coast pretty powerful. Well, it'd be interesting because not, this isn't going to be, these aren't all going to be blue at all. No, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of reds. Like the South, uh, South California, like that's going to be red. The San Diego area over the Los Angeles area is going to be blue. The San Francisco area is going to be blue. I'm guessing North California would be blue or whatever. It's going to be called up, uh, basically past Silicon Valley. But They're the central it stuff. South New District of Oregon. Are you serious? Oh, <laughs> yeah, <okay>. super serious. <laughs> I didn't have them all in front of me here. Uh, yeah, it's just, I, I don't really get it. I, I, I understand that California is probably too big. If California right. were its own country, it would be like the sixth largest economy in the world. So I understand that it's probably too cumbersome for its own good. Uh, and also kind of weird. I, I like. I don't know how California was founded. I don't know how the lines were drawn. But but being like, okay, we're just going to turn the entire basically West Coast at that time into a state, uh, and then Oregon Territory can be a territory. But everything south of Oregon Territory is going to be a state. That's a pretty. That's a pretty radical. Uh, radical yeah. way to do it. But guys, there's like there's like fifteen states over here, like in the same <laughs> one state. One state. Uh, you know, and maybe it's, they need to maybe they need to ancient Rome it, like keep it as one state, but elect like six mayors or <laughs> mayors, six governors. I like that. Kind and basically, of. and like have a little state government that's independent of each other. Yeah, I mean, he says, uh, what does he say? There's some reasoning here. He says we. Uh, he wants this guy's name is Draper, Timothy Draper. Um, oh. Hence the new state of Drapertonia. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it says, like, he, he wants to create areas that are governable. Governable, which is a weird word. Uh, something he says California is not currently, is not as it is currently constituted. He says, we pay the most for education and we're 46th. Uh, I don't know what that means. We pay the most for education, and we're forty-six. Oh, probably in so education. out of fifty. I got it. Okay. Uh, we pay the and most for prisons. What they want to be is numbers forty-six through fifty-three. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I really, I feel like part of this is that the people of the United States really like fifty states, a hundred senators. Like, <laughs> I, I feel so like too. that's why Puerto Rico is not has not become a state yet. Right. We like, don't want to change the flag. Uh, 50 states, it's nice. It rolls off the tongue. It's a nice round number. Mm-hmm. 51 states? That's weird. <laughs> 55. 55 states is okay. 55, though. This would take us to 55. But then we got it. 55 gotta, saves lives. I feel like Puerto Rico should be all, all behind this because I feel like if we get to 55, we're going to want to get to 60. Yeah. Some of the Canadian provinces are going to have yeah. to bite the bullet. British on this Columbia one. is definitely coming on board. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's pretty easy. Like you just split California into six states, and you split Texas into six states, and then you're there. I kind of think there should be two states out of Washington. Well, and this is this has come up uh, before because Eastern Washington and Western Washington are very very different. 
Yeah, and, it's super different. And, I find it hard to believe that Western or Eastern Washington is being responsibly managed by the state government located in Western Washington. Well, and I would say that I wouldn't know about responsibly managed, but I would say that that the the interests of the people of Eastern Washington are probably usually steamrolled by the interests of the people of Western Washington. Well, I would say that's irresponsible management. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm with. I, I, I'm sure because, like, you know, it's it's mostly agricultural area, so I'm sure that they're they they have high uh, influence on things that that you know pertain to things like agriculture and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But and we bogart all the rain, and then the yep. campsites burn down. Exactly. So we we just got to ship our ra- if we if we were two states, we'd have two we'd have more rain in Eastern Washington. <laughs> No problem. <laughs> no, this has come up before. I mean, this 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 has come up before that we should split the state into two states: East Washington and West Washington. Um, but I like the idea of splitting it just into Washington and then East Washington, like a Virginia West Virginia situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't uh, want to be West Washington. No, no, no. That doesn't even Western Washington. West no, Washington. it would have to be West Washington because that's the nomenclature that all the other states adopt. Right, yeah. North Carolina, yeah, South Washington, Carolina. Yeah, Washington, East Washington. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I think that this is a pipe dream. I just find things like this very interesting. I like the redrawing of maps. Um, I think it would actually be probably detrimental to Democrats, in the short run at least. Because California is a blue state. It bleeds blue, yeah. but there's a lot they- of red in it. But it's dominated by two huge, gigantic metropolitan centers of Los Angeles and San Francisco. Um, so I feel like splitting that stuff out would actually be... I mean, the way they have the lines drawn here, it would probably be a wash from a Senate standpoint. Right, but, yeah. Um, but uh, from a representative standpoint, like you split this out, all of a sudden those electoral votes are cut in half. And right. the great kind of great thing about California is that it offsets Texas in electoral college. Which is completely true. No, it's true. It's, like it's Texas, such a bullshit system. I know, but but basically Texas and California are there to offset each other. And that's like the big thing in Texas is that if Texas ever goes blue, Republicans will never have a chance of becoming president again. Maybe we should split up the Electoral College into like six units mm-hmm. and take it out to sea and sink it and make an artificial reef out of it. <laughs> Wonderful. But then Alaska's going to be like, hey guys, what about us? It's like, this is by population, Alaska. No, Alaska's going to, like, somehow, in the shuffle, will be like, shouldn't there be, like, 55 states now? There's only 54. Right. Like, oh, shit, we lost Alaska. They're like, we're on our own now, suckers. (laughs) We're going solo. (laughs) Oh, shit, where's Alaska? There's a reason they call us the Lone Star State. That's not even true. (laughs) That's someone else. Whatever. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I find this stuff very intriguing. So, um it's I mean, like I said, it's probably not going anywhere, but uh it's interesting nonetheless. I love the idea of, of redrawing lines and uh changing logos for sports teams and <laughs> you know, all that stuff. Hypotheticals. Yeah, the good stuff. The good stuff. <laughs> all right. Uh so our final for our final topic tonight, we're gonna go to the Facebook roundup. Uh, that's right, guys. You guys blew up the Facebook Roundup so freaking big 
that we it's got to become its own topic. Uh, so it's going to be uh, rounding out the show, batting cleanup every week from now on, uh, as long as you guys keep filling it up with stuff. That way we can actually talk about your stuff <laughs> yeah. as opposed to just trying to defer it to the next show. Uh, so every week on our Facebook page, on the Personal Arrogance Facebook page, we say, hey, we're recording. And uh, and let us know what you'd like us to talk about. You put it on there. We talk about it in our Facebook roundup. First one comes to us from Mike Wazowski. He says, Eric, Jesse, Jim, and Aaron start a band. Who plays what instrument and who is the singer? Well, I'm not singing, as is evidenced by my uh, introduction. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to step on any toes here, but I feel like I'm the singer. Yeah, probably. I mean, you are a singer. I can sing. I think you're the only one of the group that can actually, you know, hit a note. I love a good karaoke. That you do. Uh, and then I feel like Aaron's definitely the drummer. Yeah, I'm playing the. I'm just going to do what I did in high school. Uh huh. Saxophone. Tenor sax. Yeah. Well, tenor Bleedy sax situation. Dilly. I like it. I also like that we don't necessarily need any stringed instruments in this band because I really feel like Gino is a keytar. yeah i feel like he's a keytar man all the way and by gino i mean jim Uh, belushi (laughs) i feel so bad i always screw that up but like i know him by his name it is it is funny that aaron stuck right but jim did not jim did not stuck and the funny thing is that aaron calls jim jim like that's Uh, just what he calls him for some reason we call him by his actual name but no no dice there (laughs) yeah that's funny bald move insider knowledge yeah. Uh, Amy says, bar trivia tips. We are in a bi-weekly tournament and need to know what to study. It, it's random categories, and we usually place in the top three, but we'd love to win. So Sounds like you need to just get on Wikipedia and hit that random search button. There you go. Well, I mean, the main thing here is make sure you're up on current events. So, yeah. I mean, just cruising uh, NPR. Uh, you know, a couple like once a day for like five minutes, you'll just kind of know what's going on in the world. Um, the other part about it is, I, I'm assuming this, this is probably going to be Geeks Who Drink or something like Geeks Who Drink. And in Geeks Who Drink, it's all about picking the double up. Um, and so you got to pick the category that you want to double on. You always want to double on categories that are worth double the points. You're never going to get away from if you have 100%. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. But always double up on, on categories that have double points. And then the final thing here is you have to, have to, have to have somebody on your team that knows music. Because <laughs> if you don't, you will be screwed. And, and, and I'm not that person, you know, as the knowledgeable captain. I thought you were the lead singer of the band. It's true. But I'm not, I don't have the musical knowledge, especially when it comes to 80s music. Um, so, like... You have to be able to, you have to have a diverse team. Um, and, and one of those people has to know music from like the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And we're talking artist and, and, uh, and title. So if you want to get out there and, and you really want to do some work, just Pandora the shit out of stuff and start memorizing <laughs> artists. <Ugh>. Like, because <laughs> I feel like that's a huge help in bar trivia. So those are my, those are my tips. Yeah, I haven't done bar trivia in a long time. Pretty fun. Uh, Rolo says, I think my favorite thing about this podcast is the enduring friends between you guys. Uh, Despite the distance, you remain close and make a point of getting together and talking about interesting things each week. I reflect on my own experiences, wherein people drift apart and change over time. 
It's truly refreshing to see your friendship stand the test of time. You should be proud of that. Wow. Um, Thank you. It's really nice. I, I do yeah, think... Yeah, it's, it's been a nice benefit of doing this. Well, and I think that a main part of this is we really enjoy being together, but we also enjoy doing the same things, which... <laughs> is that what being a friend is? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess I think so. so. Uh, but I think the other part about it is we love to be creative. Right. So, I don't know. It, and I think, it's fun to do projects. And the final part about it, I think, is that we don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think that our group is pretty picky when it comes to friends. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I, you know, I have plenty of friends, but like the the reason why, uh, you know, we can we've been friends for I don't know fifteen years or whatever it is, uh, is because we're we're close and we rely on each other in a, in almost a family type of way as opposed to like a superficial type of way. It's not it's not your it's not your normal Seattle uh, friendship. <laughs> it's like you, you just have that core group. Find your core group and stick with them. Yeah, and podcast with them. Podcast, that helps too. Uh, Sean says, I really am enjoying D and the D&D stream you guys posted. Will you please publish these on the regular? Uh, that's that's yet to be seen, but it's pretty easy to do. So uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, and, and, and by the way, we, we talked about it last week, but we did post our... Dungeons and Dragons session that we recorded last night. It's on. It's on our uh, Facebook page. So check that out at Personal Arrogance Facebook. Uh, Lassa says Oxford comma or no Oxford comma always Lassa. Yeah, have- I'm not. I I don't do the comma before and. Oh God, why? It's unnecessary. It is not unnecessary. I you the Oxford comma in my opinion is is completely necessary. It's so. It's not necessary if you follow AP structure, but AP structure was was founded on the idea that they're trying to save character space because they're printing it newspapers, and then that AP structure permeated itself out into the world. I think that Oxford comma is completely necessary because grammatically it separates your elements of your sentence as opposed to cramming the last two together. I say no commas. Don't need it. no punctuation. <laughs> I'm a block of text man. I am 100% Oxford comma. I'm a walk a flock a block a text kind of guy. <laughs> uh, Levi Rican says I agree skip with Sean. Skip one though. You did skip Tim Gunn. Oh, did I? Do you enjoy musicals, and if so, what oh. are your top five? Okay. Do you enjoy musicals, Jesse? Not really, but my favorite movie is Blues Brothers, which is a musical. I guess it is a musical. I consider it a musical. Uh, Sing I... like eighteen songs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, actually, Blues Brothers was like the first like Rock of Ages or. What was that ABBA musical? Like it was basically like, we're going to take popular music and turn it into a musical comedy movie. Right. So that makes sense. Uh, but when I was a kid, my family was very the musicals, so I watched them all. Uh, West Side Story, very good. Uh, Les Miserables, technically an operetta, but I, I count that as a musical. Ow. Hello, oh. do- <laughs> what? <laughs> if I if you don't know this side of me. <laughs> Uh, I really like Hello, Dolly. Great musical. Um, those are probably my top three. I don't know, Fiddler on the Roof, Newsies. And I have seen none of those. <laughs> we vary in the musicals, but definitely West Side Story is definitely my favorite musical ever. Very good. Um, 
Anyway, sorry, Tim. Uh, sorry to skip you over there. Uh, Levi says, I agree with Sean. The D&D session was a lot of fun to listen to. Reminds me of sessions my friends and I used to have. Would you like, to, would like to see more? Also, did you guys do anything baddie for Batman Day? Here's a picture of a counted cross-stitch bat symbol my mom made for me. Because why not? After all, she and I danced to the Neil Hefty Batman theme song for our mother-son dance at our wedding. <laughs> that is so cool. Uh, I did not do anything for Batman Day. Now I'm radical. feeling a little bad about it. I didn't know. When is Batman I Day? I think it's today. Oh. Yeah. So, sorry. sorry. I'm more interested in uh, Roger Dotsie's birthday. Happy birthday. So, in honor of both Roger Dotsie's birthday and Batman Day, I'm going to wish Roger a happy birthday in my Batman voice. Okay. You still haven't done it. Happy birthday, Roger. Okay, cool. Okay. Justin says, okay. One more for safety. Happy birthday, Roger. Okay, cool. Got it. Justin says, okay, I was thinking about vacation back, vacation back in time to 1880. You guys talked about in episode 202. I did some figuring references upon request. A, the price of gold in 1880 was $20.87 per ounce. $20.87 in 1880 is worth $458.55 in today's dollars. An ounce of gold is worth $1,304 I'm today. so glad I wasn't wrong about that. Yeah, I realized that halfway through. So using gold as the medium of exchange, <laughs> each $2014 is equivalent to $0.35 cents on the dollar in 1880. $2,000 of today's dollars would give you about $700.00. Uh, in adjusted 1880s buying buying powder buying power but <laughs> powder i'm gonna buy yep, power and then i'm gonna mine powder. some gold yeah. <laughs> you're gonna need buying powder to blow that mine <laughs> exactly um so uh but he's got an alternative he says but you can time travel so you can buy more gold when the price is lower by stopping in 2004 all you need to do is exchange money printed after 2004 with money printed before that year I love that trip to the bank. Yeah. Uh, I got these hundos, but they're printed in 2006. I'm going to need some of those 2004 hundos, please. This is genius, though, Justin. He says an ounce of gold was worth $435 in 2004. So using 2004 gold as the medium of exchange, uh, each $2014 is equivalent to a dollar five in eighteen eighty. Two thousand of today's dollars would give you about twenty one oh eight dollars in adjusted eighteen eighties buying power. Enjoy your weekend in eighteen eighties. That was a badass post, Justin. Thank you so much for that. That was so ounce cool. of gold in two thousand four was four hundred and thirty five dollars. Yeah. And now it's thirteen hundred? Yeah, dude. Gold went insane. Like if I if I could go back in time i go to 1998 and i put all my money in Apple. And then I would go to 2004 and put all that money into gold. And I would be freaking crazy rich. If you could go back in time, you would you would waste it just making yourself rich? I don't see why this is bad. Ugh. Go experience something! No, and plus, I'm, I'm alive now. I was alive in, two, in 98 and I'm alive in 2004. Which means... That I could just invest that money, and then I could, and then instantly pop into the future, and I'd be instantly rich. Yeah, but you do run the risk of time copping it. Oh, I would totally time cop it. Where if you touch your, if you touch yourself from that era, you turn into a pile of metallic goo. 
<laughs> also, I would get back to 2014 and I wouldn't know where my house was. Because <laughs> I would have a huge house somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I'd go to my apartment and strangers would be living in it. <laughs> it would be weird. Yeah, it's, yeah, but it, it, in this like time... So if there's a time travel economy, wouldn't like $2,004 be worth way more than uh, $2,014? Because everyone knows, like, we need those $2,004 to go buy gold. I, if everybody's time traveling. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of some sort of, like, time travel economy where everyone has access to time. How, how would that affect spending? Time travel economy. Yeah, it would just create, like, an infinite an, an infinity of... That's the thing about time travel. If time travel was ever invented, first of all, if it has ever been invented, then it has been invented. Because people would be traveling back in time from the future. Second of all, if it was invented, it would screw up everything. Like, basically, everybody would be living in their own reality because they'd be screwed on these weird time paradox, uh, uh, you know, branches that they've created for themselves. It'd be super weird. Yeah, I like the idea that, like, the time machine, Mm -hmm. you know, time machine also has to be able to teleport you to where the Earth is around the sun. (laughs) You know, if you just get in the time machine or like, take me back six months, you're on the opposite side of the sun from the earth. (laughs) I never thought of that. So that could be a problem. Yeah. Um, What else we got here? Uh, Titus says, so I'm a huge hop head. I love dank, grassy, citrusy IPAs. Now I live in the Midwest and just received a fresh IPA from my bro-in-law who lives in Oregon. I've never heard of it. Or the three breweries that collaborated to make it, it pretty much blew away anything I can get regularly out here. My question is, how many awesome hoppy beers am I missing out by not living on the West Coast? I'll tell you what, man. Hundreds. They, the, the, the hop, uh, I, I think it's gotten a little out of hand. This is the golden age. <laughs> it's the golden age of hops. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the mantra out here is more hops, more, more hops, more problems. Mo hops, mo money in the bank account. Mo problems, because that's all people buy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, dude. If you're, I guess, I, I'm guessing that if 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 you were surprised by this Oregon beer, that uh, you should try some more Northwest ales because they're all hoppy. Um, and then finally, we got Eric here. He says, "I'm excited about the direction of the new Star Wars movies, uh, and, and how and what they're doing uh, with." J.J. Abrams directing Episode 7, and Rain Johnson writing and directing Episodes 8 and 9. Uh, I'm sorry. That's I think Ra- that's Ryan. It's Ryan. Sorry. Uh, who's, he's the guy who directed Looper, so I'm, I'm very excited about that. Looper was actually my f- favorite movie of the year that it came out. Um, speaking, uh, speaking of time travel. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he says, as underwhelming as the prequel tri- trilogy was, if you could reassign directors with specific style appropriately for Episodes 1, 2, and 3 to make the movies... That they could have been. Who would you have chosen? All I'm saying is episode three directed by Quentin Tarantino would have been badass. <laughs> I don't know if, if QT would be the guy. Is there a sign <laughs> on my spaceport that says dead Wookiee storage? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> that Dude, I think we found an impression that you can do. <laughs> you can do Quentin Tarantino from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, only that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> sorry, that was that was really funny. Um, I think that Christopher Nolan for episode one, give it the Batman Begins treatment, but not necessarily the Dark Knight treatment. Okay. Yeah, no, I think you're right. 
So Christopher Nolan for episode one. Episode two, which is, you know, basically the if you want to make it the Empire Strikes Back, uh, we need somebody who can ex- do something epic. Um, uh, I- I'm going James Cameron. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking James Cameron. I really like the idea of Ridley Scott doing one of them, but I like him doing the third one, I think. Yeah, I, I, Scott for the third one. But I think James Cameron might be a little too... I mean, yeah, it's epic, but I... It, I feel like it would be a lot of a lot of flash and not a lot of substance. And I want something. What? I want something I could sink my teeth into here. Oh, count. Because I, I'm talking about current James Cameron. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about aliens, James Cameron. I'm, I'm also kind of thinking about that description of aliens, and it might not be that far off. <laughs> what do you mean? I guess there's not a ton of substance. Yeah. To that movie, it's just cool, though. I mean, and yeah, that's, it's cool. That's the other part of it. Here is that the the original Star Wars trilogy is cool because, and I I talked about this when I compared it to Pacific Rim. Maybe not the best actors, maybe not even the best dialogue, but it's a it's a rip roaring fun ride, and there there is emotion that's attached to it. What and, if there's James Cameron for three though? <sighs> yeah, Scott for two and Cameron for three. Yeah, just follow the alien protocol. <laughs> <laughs> follow the alien protocol uh yeah that would be the name of one of them i mean i i love it i would also love to see what guillermo del toro could do with some practical yeah, effects guillermo too. um you know uh, these what these... about the Shaun of the dead guy edgar wright i mean <sighs> edgar wright would be awesome and he loves star wars but i don't i don't know i mean i would Hmm. Edgar Wright would actually be badass, but I want him to do the whole trilogy. Is is Edgar Wright the guy that plays Shaun of the Dead? It, Sean? No, no, that's Simon Pegg. Oh, okay. Yeah. But Simon Pegg would like write it with. Is Edgar, Edgar Wright. Wright the fat guy? No, he's the third guy. He's for not in. Some... He's not in the movies. Okay, I, for some reason I thought he was like an actor and a director. No, no, not really. Um, okay, but also uh, I mean Joe Cornish, who was actually rumored to be doing Star Wars. Uh, I would love to see him do a Star Wars movie. He did. Uh, he did Attack the Block, which is one of my faves. Um, so I don't know. It's just it's it, it's not that short of a list. I mean, th- these are all people that we've talked about before. Uh, there's no there's no real surprises in here. I don't really know much for directors. It's just tough because everything's been so studio centric for the last like you know, five years or, or what, you know, forever. What about basically. the Hobbit guy? Hmm, Peter Jackson would be interesting. I would like Peter Jackson. I would like Peter Jackson for the third one, I think. Mm-hmm. For, for Revenge of the Sith. Like, basically something that uh, is very epic and uh, weighty and good versus evil. I mean, he's got that He's got that on the bag. <laughs> Not to mention visual effects down at Wignut yeah. Studios. So, oh, man, that, that would be interesting. I don't know. There's just there's got to be some new guys out there that that would be good. Uh, but I mean, Ryan Johnson is kind of a kind of a gr- amazing pick for this because, like I said, I loved Looper and I, I I really liked what he did from a sci-fi perspective in that movie. And I would love to see. I I, I can't wait to see what he's going to do with it. And Jay James was also an amazing choice. I mean, what he did with Star Trek was was really great in my opinion. So yeah, I love those Star Trek movies. All right. Well, let's. Do you mo- think uh, real quick? Mm-hmm. Do you think do 
like old school Star Trek fans like the new Star Trek movies? Well, we could ask Aaron and Jim because they're both huge Star Trek fans. There you go. Let us know. Let us know. Um, all right. Well, let's move on uh, to our recommendations. But before we do, we will tell you about the Ball Move Network, guys. Ballmove.com. So much stuff going on right now. There is the True Blood podcast. There is the Leftovers podcast. There's the Ball Move TV podcast covering the Strain, the Bridge, and Falling Skies. Uh, there's a great, great uh, two-hour Bald Move TV Jim and Aaron Q&A up there right now, which is really interesting. It's just uh, them answering fan questions, a lot of personal stuff on there. Um, so that's really good. There's Origins of New Cast. We're on there. Um, and, of course, uh, the 24 podcast uh, and Up Yours Downstairs on the Because Show, all on baldmove.com. Guys, go check that out. Also, get in touch with us. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail, 360-362-0024. You can give us a call and leave, or I already said that. Uh, you can send us an email. Uh, either you can write an email or you can record something and send it to us uh, via email at personalarrogance at gmail.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Personal Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook. We're on the Personal Arrogance Facebook page and the Ball Move Facebook page. Uh, and you can rate and review us on iTunes, which helps us out a ton, guys. If you haven't done so already, please do that. It boosts us up the iTunes rankings, which uh, gives us more visibility and allows this personal arrogance nation to get a little bit bigger. So please do that. And if you can't do any of that, please just tell a friend. Put an earbud in their ear while we're talking. Uh, I feel like this episode was pretty solid. Put this one in their ear. <laughs> do, do this one. I like it. All right, Jesse, it's time to do some recos. What's your first reco? Um... Well, there's a show I've been watching. Mm-hmm. It's called Teen Titans Go. So I watched a little bit of this at your parents' house because it was on. Uh huh. For for Russell Nisha. Right. Or for Russell Nisha, or was it on for you? <laughs> it might have been for both of us. Yeah. It's one of the shows that me and Russell Nisha can agree upon. Uh huh. And it's like. Um... <laughs> I love it. I love. I would love to see her voicing her opinion about shows. <laughs> oh, she voices it. <laughs> but yeah, it's like um, Robin from Batman and Robin is the <laughs> leader of this like crime fighting team. But it's super like sitcommy, campy, um, drawn. But it's just like really well done. Animated is what I meant to say. It's, awesome. It's pretty good. I like that show a lot. And you got Cyborg, and you got Starfire. Yeah, and then there's like a there's like an HP Lovecraft sort of chick, and then um, oh, a Beast Boy who can turn into animals. Nice, That's good stuff. All right, uh, and then I'm gonna recommend a, 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 a documentary um, that I watched on Netflix. Um, uh, what was it called? Das Boot. <laughs> das Boot, the documentary. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. But I also watched another movie. It's called The Conspiracy. It's a mockumentary. It's currently on Netflix. And, uh, and it's about a, a guy who's a conspiracy theorist who disappears. It's not the greatest movie I've ever seen, but it's a Netflix pick. So okay. Netflix it. Cool. Yeah, I want to point anyone who's interested in buying a little bit of pottery to rosavinapottery.etsy.com. That's my wife's Etsy page. Mm -hmm. She's doing a lot of jewelry and like earrings and stuff. So um, go buy you some earrings. Go buy you some earrings. And then uh, finally, I want to recommend a board game that I haven't got to play yet, but I want to play it so bad. Robinson mm. Crusoe. Mm. I have been reading the rules. It's in the mail, right? I, oh, I got this? it. I got it. Oh, okay. 
and I'm also getting a bunch of Pubcraft Love Crawl stuff in the mail now too. So I'm very oh, excited nice. about that. Even though it's like 30 days away, but yeah, this is like your uh, old recommendation of going a Amazon shopping spree. Yeah. So you have like a little <laughs> Christmas gets mailed to you. Yeah, and everything gets shipped a little staggered, so that it's yeah. like every day it's like a it's an advent calendar of Amazon gifts mm-hmm. to yourself. Yeah, uh, so it's seven that. holy uh, Amazon purchases. And then I uh, also just want to give a shout out to, once again, to our D&D uh, broadcast, which you can watch currently on our Facebook oh, page. Oh, man, I, I can't. I can't. I, I watched some of that. I was so embarrassed. Uh, why? It's just so weird. I know that you don't like to DM in front of people. Yeah. No, I mean, it's fine that it's being broadcast and everything, just watching it. I'm like, this is me. <laughs> also, I hate my voice. Wow. Terrible travel. Great idea to do uh, 204 episodes of podcasting. <laughs> uh, so with that, guys, this, thanks. This so- is my voice. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> this is how I talk now. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, everybody, I uh, want to thank you once again for listening and remind you that until next time, wherever you go. Whatever you do. Please. Stay Stay arrogant. arrogant.